0: Section 14 of Criminal Investigation, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Criminal Investigation A Practical Handbook for Magistrates, Police Officers and Lawyers, Volume 3, by Hans Gross. Translated by John Adam and John Collier Adam burglary and housebreaking entering by the window we have now to treat of the methods of entering a house by force in the first place we must consider the window bars which are the point of attack usually preferred by housebreakers this is because a door as a rule is more solid and offers more resistance than a badly constructed window grating moreover People imagine that windows furnished with iron bars are perfectly secured, and, in consequence, the thief is very well aware that, having raised these bars, his work is over. He naturally chooses the easiest way to overcome them. That is to say, he will first try to slip through. If he himself cannot succeed, perhaps his boy may be able to manage, and, once in the house, he will simply open the door bolted from the inside and let his companion in if it is impossible to open the door from the inside this simple way of getting into the house will be far too difficult for flight and the boy will perhaps be caught in a trap but if they can succeed in opening the door they certainly prefer to make their first entry by slipping between the bars speaking generally a man can pass wherever his head plus the thickness of his extended arm can pass at least if the formation of his body is not abnormal such as a particularly small head very large shoulders or a very bulging chest but as regards ordinary window bars it may be said that every individual whose head alone can get through is able to squeeze between them for there is always room enough for his arm window bars five and one-half inches or more apart are quite useless for there are plenty of people whose heads Including their ears, are no more than five and a half inches in diameter. And as there are many, generally children, whose heads are still smaller, often five and one eighth inches, the distance between the bars ought never to exceed four and three quarter inches. This detail is also important from the point of view of the culpability of a certain class of people, for often the residents in the house and the servants are accused of having committed a theft for the sole reason that it is deemed impossible that any one could have passed between the window bars if however the bars are fixed more than four and three-quarter inches apart it can always be said that an entrance may have been effected from outside if it is impossible to squeeze between the bars the entire grating of the window must be removed the way to do so will depend for the accidental thief on the means at his disposal whereas the experienced criminal will choose his instrument with regard to the difficulties to be surmounted he will commence by attentively examining the grating which thanks to his skill he will do in a few moments he will then be guided in his procedure by the weak point of the grating if it is solid and very thick and well fixed into its frame the thief will decide to only partially remove it if he finds in it some fault furnishing a suitable point of attack several of these faults are indicated in figure one three two in the first bar the rivet hole where the two bars cross and join is too large and the vertical bar is weak enough at that point to allow of two cuts being made one on the right and one on the left in order to sever it completely in two the second bar gets narrow at the bottom at the point where it is embedded in the stone this happens fairly often especially when the grating is an old one and is produced by the damp which descends to the base of the bars this occurs most often when the window casing above has become rotten and allows the rain to get through and run down the bars and thus maintain a dampness of the part of the wall where the bar is fixed it also frequently is found when the wall round the window is of stone some of which is particularly hydroscopic that is to say contains saltpetre at this part of the wall it is always damp and if a bar of iron be placed there it quickly rusts the third bar presents a defective soldering in the iron in order to solder two pieces of iron which have been warmed and softened the same method is followed as in uniting two pieces of wax warmed in the hand but the iron is beaten with a hammer while the wax is only pressed with the hand if therefore the soldering is not carefully done the iron not being hot enough or the hammering not strong enough the joining of the two pieces of iron is not complete and by breaking a bar of iron thus soldered the work is considerably simplified as it suffices to separate the parts soldered the rest coming away by itself when the thief discovers such a fault he will not think of taking the trouble to remove the whole grating he will be contented with cutting through the bars at the feeble spots and folding them over at the fixed point that is to say they are folded back until they are in a position perpendicular to the grating the middle bar being bent upwards the two others downwards, and, once a part of a bar is raised or lowered, an opening is formed by which anyone can get in. Formerly, when window bars used to be cut with big files or with watch springs made into saws, a difficult piece of work, this operation used to be considered quite a masterpiece of burglary. Nowadays, the first criminal one comes across, perhaps hardly grown up, can do it he has only to buy a few english files and some good fret saws after that all that is required is to have patience to oil the instrument continually and to prevent any noise by enveloping the iron in cloth tow or better still cotton wool the iron however thick it be if it is not of very excellent quality will soon be cut in two if the grating has no weak point but is not well fixed in the frame, neither file nor saw is employed, but an attempt is made to remove it entirely. Different processes are resorted to for this purpose. The best known is to take a strong and long crowbar, which is passed under the crossbar and rested as near as possible to the point of attack, upon a support such as two pieces of wood placed crossways, or even on a single block of wood a lever is thus obtained on the end of which one of the thieves sits so as to exercise sufficient pressure and if the arm of the lever between the grill and the point of support is sufficiently short in proportion to that between the point of support and the power a considerable force is obtained which even a solidly constructed grating is unable to resist the author has himself made experiments in this way upon the gratings of the windows of a house in process of demolition he employed the method just described as well as that of the jack which will be dealt with later on the operation was found to be astonishingly easy if besides it is done slowly and with precaution the noise which results is insignificant and is even reduced to a mere light cracking it is only when the bars are though well embedded in the stone yet not very firmly fixed to the wall that small pieces of stone or brick become detached and fall with some noise upon the ground one of the thieves is then obliged to keep always near the window to look out for these morsels stop the work of his comrade operating the end of the lever and carefully pick up the debris with his hand or some tool Another method of forming a passage through window bars is to employ the jack we have spoken of above. The criminal has recourse to a jack when he knows that one, generally called a coffee mill, may be found in the neighborhood, or when he supposes that this instrument will save him the trouble of having to remove the entire grating. Indeed, he can find lateral points of support for the jack in the bars themselves, which will then be forced apart from one another thus forming a sufficient space for him to get through the parts of the grating which yield so as to give the bars their necessary extension in bending vary according to the construction of the grating sometimes it is the iron itself which stretches sometimes the rivets which start or sometimes the bars give way at the top and the bottom or it may be that the horizontal bars work out of the masonry or several of these effects or even all of them may happen in combination but the operation nearly always meets with marvellous success if the thief has to give up the idea of thus widening the space between the bars either because he cannot find convenient points of support or because such a narrow opening appears too dangerous in the event of his having to take to flight he will remove the whole grating as a rule the jack will not be high enough to reach from the ground to the lowest crossbar, but the thief will remedy this inconvenience by placing it on a stone or block of wood or by leaning it upon a long beam which he will rest against some fixed point such as the foot of a building opposite or in the angle which a tree makes with the ground or more simply in a hole dug to no very great depth in the hard soil he will thus obtain, so to speak, an extension of the jack. The only difficulty consists in keeping the jack and the beam exactly in the same plane, that is to say, to prevent them coming away at the place where the jack rests on the beam, the result being to throw the whole out of gear. The difficulty is generally got over by fixing underneath the point where the jack and the long beam touch, another beam to support them and tying the whole together with thin ropes or chains moreover if care be taken to guide the beam with the hand raising it and lowering it to avoid any displacement at the junction of the jack and the beam then the jack may be counted upon to work properly and after the operation the thief has but to get rid of the whole paraphernalia and leave the peasant who is his victim and very often other persons as well completely amazed and unable to explain how on earth the grating was torn away besides the grating there are other obstacles to be overcome in order to get in by a window in the first place there are if the windows are folding ones the flaps or shutters persiennes or jannels, which are sometimes in front of and sometimes behind the grating or even in exceptional cases on both sides of it here again there are different processes which depend nearly always on the particular construction of the window those presenting the least difficulty are outside shutters opening outwards for them, the hinges are fixed on the outside and are easily accessible the hinges in country houses are notoriously so weak that they can often be detached with the aid of an ordinary pocket-knife once the hinges of the two folding doors are taken away it is easy to separate the latter except where the system of bolting is particularly complicated but if the hinges offer considerable resistance or it is found impossible to remove them or if the window opens towards the inside then the attack is directed towards the window itself the thief must naturally find out beforehand the system of fastening and as a general rule he is informed on this point long before the theft if the bolts are ordinary ones, or any other fastening not particularly complicated is used, it is, relatively speaking, easy to open them. For this purpose, a large hole is drilled with a gimlet at a suitable distance from the window fastening. An iron wire is passed through this hole, grappled to the bolt, and the window opens. This is not very difficult, for the thief can follow the direction taken by the iron wire by looking through the window but in the event of difficulties presenting themselves or the manner of fastening not lending itself to the employment of iron wires there is nothing else for him to do but to break the glass when the fastening will be easily reached we have often heard it said that thieves sometimes cut out the window-panes the author has never seen this done and does not believe that a thief would bother with such work even if he has been apprenticed to a skilled glazier indeed to cut out a window from its frame the glass must first be cut with a diamond and then knocked on the whole line where the diamond has passed until the glass becomes detached and falls but the thief will never make up his mind to create a noise by wrapping the glass and if in a case of theft we were to see a pane of glass cut in this manner we should consider at first that the theft was a sham one Indeed. The piece of glass may have been cut out at leisure and replaced and then made to fall at the opportune moment to make believe that a theft has been committed from outside occasionally a pane of glass is removed by detaching the putty which holds it to the frame especially is this the case when the glass has just been put in and the putty is still soft or on the other hand when the putty is already old and has become friable and easily broken through being exposed to the heat of the sun putty is composed of chalk and linseed oil which in time oxidizes and becomes incapable of resisting the effects of temperature so that little is left of the chalk but a solid substance of an earthy and friable nature nothing then remains but pieces of putty dry prism shaped having no force of cohesion which can be easily and noiselessly removed with a knife or chisel but as we have stated it is rare to find the putty quite soft or completely dried up and as a fairly long time is necessary to remove it the thief is generally satisfied with breaking the glass thieves usually perform this last operation in a marvelously skillful manner the noise of the falling pieces of glass must of course be taken into account it is therefore necessary to prevent them from falling and for this purpose they are stuck or gummed a kind of plaster comprised of a piece of cloth of the size of the pane of glass and spread with a substance of a cohesive nature such as birdlime, black pitch grafting putty wax mixed with turpentine or even with soot or simply clay or clay mixed with dung or half-liquid pitch etc is spread over the whole window when this is done some soft object is stretched over the surface so as to smother the noise ensuing when the glass is shattered for this a garment towel sometimes also grass hay or moss etc is used when all these precautions have been taken the middle of the glass is slowly pressed with increasing force till at last it smashes as a rule, the noise made is insignificant. The sound of the breaking glass is deadened by the pad, and the fragments remain attached to the plaster. If, in spite of all, noise cannot be avoided, the thief stops work to make sure that it has not been heard. If all is quiet in the house, he can continue his operation and remove the plaster omitting special notice of window shutters for what we shall say concerning doors will also be applicable to them the thief will pay attention to all the objects which are usually placed inside the room such as bottles vases flower-pots and other articles which common folk especially are in the habit of placing on the inside window-sill still the thief even takes care as a rule to exactly ascertain the existence and position of these objects beforehand for on opening the window he may cause them to fall and thus lose all the trouble which he has taken if he has made certain of the presence of these disagreeable articles there is nothing else for him to do but to try and reach them pull them out through the broken window and throw them away if he cannot reach them all he may have to break another pane of glass or perhaps give up the attempted theft altogether the curtains and blinds which are generally seen in country inns and other places are also very disagreeable to the thief for he cannot open a window noiselessly on which one of them is hanging as they are generally made of stiff and well-dressed material in this case he has to break a pane of glass near the cord of the blind or curtain so as to draw it up if the window frame is narrow he may perhaps be able to reach the cord by passing his arm through the half-opened window as far as possible and if he fears the noise he will sometimes cut off the blind crossways with a scissors or a sharp knife it is worthy of note that spring roller blinds are very distasteful to thieves as when such a blind is down, the window cannot be opened without noise, and an instrument must be introduced to release the catch of the blind or cut the cord. Care must also be taken to prevent the blind springing up quickly and causing a noise. One method is to cut the blind across the top, but then the top part of the window must be lowered first, which is not always so easy. A thief as a rule avoids a window with a roller blind. End of section 14. Recording by Linda Johnson.